0: Hello and welcome to the Cougar Sports Show, and thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Abby Whittington, coming to you from the University of Sioux Falls in South Dakota. Each week, we interview USF coaches to get the latest inside scoop on all things Cougar sports. Today, I'm here with Ken Quartermeyer, better known as Sid. He has been around USF since 1969. Sid, why do people call you that?
1: Well, when I was in school, I was in charge of statistics, and handling doing the stats and then sending them into the national office. And, uh, I would write an article or two for the Argus leader or school paper. And, and I understood that there were other positions at larger places that were sports information. And so I, wrote on the envelope, kind of feeling my oats, if you will, (laughs) uh, Ken Kordemeier SID, it's an acronym for Sports Information Director, and somebody saw it and got a hold of it, and it just, they said, well, you're the Sid, right? And then it just kind of mushroomed from there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't even know what your real name was (laughs) until this year.
1: (laughs) Many people don't. (laughs)
0: So, Sid, where are you originally from and how did you end up attending Sioux Falls College as a student?
1: From a little town southwest of here called Chancellor. I was the last class to graduate and then we combined with Lennox uh, and my, I have two sisters that came here and then a couple of hometown heroes. One of them is in our Hall of Fame in athletics, and so uh, I just followed that lead.
0: Sure, and what did you study while you
1: were here? Uh, I was a history and physical education major, and I was going to teach, uh, and I practiced taught, and I looked in the mirror and took assessment and said, I'm just not going to be a great teacher like my sisters are, and so I went another route.
0: Sure, sure. So, what was your first kind of sports information experience while you were here?
1: Sure. Uh again, I did statistics for football and basketball. Um to my regret, I didn't do much with women's athletics at the time. We they were on a different level at the or plane, if you will. I mean, it, they they weren't as organized as they became in the 70s. Due to Title IX, yeah, sure. So I didn't really start with women; they were more uh, what they called extramurals. But so I did statistics for that, and then um, wrote some releases. And I was also a student manager.
0: What sports did you manage? Uh,
1: football, men's basketball, baseball, and helped with track and field.
0: Awesome. What are some of your best memories from your time as a student Mm -hmm. here?
1: Well, I made great lifetime friends. You know, I mean, I got to see uh, athletes every day. You know, I was uh, handing out equipment or handling equipment, you know, and then I was at all the games, traveled with the teams. So I think the highlight probably is the lifetime friendships I made through athletics.
0: Like you had said, Title IX changed a lot of things for women's athletics. Other than that, what else has changed within the university during your time here?
1: Uh, when I started, um, we had a fairly large student body compared to what we have now, and then we dipped pretty crucially low in the middle '70s, and then we were able to rebound. Took us a while, but now we're back to that and. What's changed, I think, like the uh, importantly, the emphasis on women's athletics, refocusing on doing what we should do for women in athletics, opportunities, making sure we hire quality coaches, and then the equity part you know of of budgeting and uh, practice time, facilities, etc. Hmm.
0: So, as a as a student of Sioux Falls College, what was what would you say besides athletics was your favorite part of the community here?
1: Probably intramurals. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a very good student my first first two years. I honestly wasn't a very good student. I did not come to college with good study habits, and and then um, uh, I think as I matured and understood what the final goal would be, like graduating, right, Um, I became more disciplined and more mature, but there were some staff people, uh, faculty people that helped me grow uh, into not a great academician, but certainly adequate enough to graduate, (laughs) so I did well my last couple of years, so.
0: Awesome. And... You said that you started here in 1969. Mm-hmm. What year did you graduate?
1: 1974. And then did you— I went right in. I did uh, professionally what I had done as a student starting in the fall of 74.
0: And your title was sports information director? And
1: equipment manager, yeah. That was my first two titles.
0: So what did what did those titles consist of?
1: Well, I just expanded on what I was doing— uh, when I became the equipment manager it was i w- it was all sports when I was a student so and then the sports information piece, statistics, press releases, you know dissemination of information out to the public the, it honestly didn't change much when I graduated to when I started in the fall of seventy four it It just kind of continued and as we grew as a college but you know working with all the sports and stuff that's kind of how it grew
0: Sure and I and I'm looking at this list of all of the different jobs that mm-hmm. you've done here at USF we've got trainer intramural director instructor booster club director compliance officer senior administrator head golf coach athletic director can you kind of talk a little bit about how you ended up bouncing from all these different positions within within the school
1: mm-hmm. Yeah you know, I think, uh, Abby, that it was, I matured and I was responsible. And so I could adequately fulfill the job requirements of these several pieces as the universe. excuse me, as the college needed them. You know, so the trainer piece, uh, coaches would essentially be the de facto trainer. Well, then I took some courses and some, well, it you know, wasn't online or offline, but by mail, if you will, or whatever to, <laughs> to understand how the body works and responds to injury. And so I was able to, uh, our trainers were outsourced. We didn't have any on campus. So I was the person, but just as I matured, as an individual, these other jobs were added I had time to do, could do them effectively, and it helped the college at the time uh, just be better in what we did, because we didn't have any of those positions until I pretty much took them over, you know what I mean?
0: Wow. Yeah, you you did a lot. What was your favorite position that you've held here? What What's the most fun for you?
1: Sure. Um, equipment manager and trainer, because I got to face-to-face with athletes every day made lifetime friends with uh, student athletes that were younger than I. and But still, we got to be good friends. That was the most fun, uh, you know, just being totally involved and kind of in, enmeshed in the sports and the wins and the losses and getting to know people. And, you know, I enjoyed being athletic director and golf coach, but that was a little bit simpler time, and I enjoyed it a lot.
0: What years were you the golf coach from?
1: I uh, was the athletic director from 91 to 2001, and I had some health issues dealing, uh, you know, I had to kind of get out of it. And And we had a really Qualified, talented person take over as athletic director to bring us to another level in terms of fundraising, and that he was a gifted person in that area. So, um, because I was effective in compliance at the time, I wasn't the trainer anymore. I wasn't in a murals anymore. But I, um, they wanted to develop a golf program. We had a. A smaller-sized, if you will, or lower exposure golf program, and they wanted me to take that over. So I took over in 2001 for men's and women's golf.
0: And how long were you with them for?
1: Ten years. Wow. I was a coach for ten years, and then I had some other health issues. I had some eye surgeries that wouldn't allow me to be outside with them. So we transitioned into outsourcing to two wonderful, a couple, a married couple that did a great job. And then I went into kind of semi-retirement in 2011. You know, when when you, the school years are like, even to odd or odd to even, you know, they're always over the first of a year, you know, so it's, but the last season I coached was 09 in 2010.
0: That was back when Sioux Falls College was NAI, and they competed in the Great Plains Mm -hmm. Athletic Conference. And you actually won Coach of the Year twice. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome, 2005 for the men and 2007 Mm -hmm. for the women.
1: Yeah, I I, um, uh, was fortunate and blessed to be able to recruit quality athletes, and that's what makes a good coach is quality athletes. They uh, were—I'm proud that we had— an inordinate amount, if you will, but of all-American scholar-athletes. So we had a lot of good student-athletes on our team that did well in the classroom and have had great success since they left here. But that was—it was fun. You know, I enjoyed. I—I'm a golfer, of course. I played a lot of golf, and and uh, could help them get better. We had some other assets that we used uh, to help them improve, and then they uh we have a great community here so academically they did well and it was a fun 10 years
0: i'm sure yeah and you said that your last season as a coach before you kind of stepped back was in 2010
1: spring of 2010 spring of 2010
0: Mm -hmm. that following year is when usf made the transition to division two
1: in uh, fall of 11
0: yeah and so what part did you play in helping the school transition
1: um That's a great question, Abby. I, I'm not sure how to frame it, to be totally honest. I was more in the background. Um, I studied the new NCAA rules and regulations and, uh, but I was just more of a support person. I I did some, uh, background work and stuff, but just kind of helped the president, our athletic director, our committee on transition, and then we had consultants. But I just basically helped to answer questions, to fill in blanks, if you will. But I didn't have a great or influential role necessarily in that transition. I totally supported it, still do. I think it was a great move for us. But I was at the point where I was working part-time, but more just of a and, you know, accessory and advisory role. So.
0: I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit for <laughs> that. <laughs> well, that's
1: gracious of you to say. <laughs>
0: I'm sure, but yeah.
1: I, I was. I was helpful. I mean, I. but we had, um, as I said, an outside consultants come in, two of them, and we had great leadership. So uh, I was just there going, go team, go, rah, rah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure. We became a university in the January of 95, 1995, we be- went to university status. And w- when I first started, we were the Braves until 1978. And uh, we were ahead of our time in terms of sensitivity to, you know, ethnic origins, original peoples. So like the Washington football team in the NFL changed it changed their name Cleveland, changed their nickname, and some other schools have too, but uh, we were ahead of the curve at that time. Really? So we changed from the Braves to the Cougars.
0: I never knew that. Mm -hmm.
1: And that was in 78, and uh, we went away from having teepees out on the the campus green there between the library and the fine arts or in that area, and, and, um, you know, we we had a president at the time that saw that, not by intention, but just by the process of how culture was changing and people were becoming more sensitive to those issues of race, you know, and, and that type of thing. So
0: that's interesting. I, I never knew that we weren't always the Cougars. Were we always purple and black and always white?
1: Always purple and and um, white, and then accessory colors have been added like teams wear black and purple and white or they'll, you know, white and so, but purple and white's always been. Silver was a big part of it, you know, because it just looks great.
0: Did you play any part in helping pick out the cougar mascot?
1: Um, no, I didn't have a part in that. I, that was done, uh, through, um, it's not a survey, but we uh, sent out to our students and our alum alumni base. Uh, we asked for nominations or suggestions, if you will, and Cougars went out by a long, long, long way. So we just adopted what our, our supporters, our base wanted, our students, and the Cougars were the one.
0: That's awesome. So you said that you helped a bit in the transition from NAIA mm-hmm. to Division Two, and that was back in 2011, and you're mm-hmm. still here. What, mm-hmm. what have you been doing for the last 10 years at USF? Uh,
1: I still teach online. I was in the classroom, but how education progresses with uh, the era of electronics, we both have our devices with us, the computerization of campuses. uh, Of course, through the COVID, we all were on Zoom. But as that progression, I went out of the classroom and taught the courses online. They just lend, they lend themselves better to online uh, teaching. But I was in the classroom. I did home, I still do home game management for football and basketball, which is being a host to visiting teams, working with the officials that work the game, uh, facilitating that, and then some other administrative jobs that Pam Goal, our really sterling athletic director, does not help her with just some insights or whatever she needs.
0: So you, yeah, you have an office in the athletic department. Yes. What do you, so you just, you come in every day and uh, what do you do?
1: Come in about 11. And, oh, I like uh, grade tests. I have, uh, as you might guess, after all these years, a wide variety of people to communicate with. And, and um, my job responsibilities are not quite what they were in the 90s. I'm sure. Or 2000 when I was doing compliance and coaching or being athletic director and compliance and and teaching all through that time but it's uh, semi-retirement I guess would be a fair way to put it so. Sid
0: I don't think you're ever really going to retire <laughs> are you
1: um <laughs> maybe not I don't know if I can
0: I mean I just did the math you started here for school in 1969 mm-hmm. 2023 you've been around USF for 54 years mm-hmm. what is keeping you here
1: Oh, just a love of the institution and what we stand for, you know, the great friends you make, you know, like just before this interview, I was talking to Dennis Toom, whom I've known for, you know, number, many years, decades. And there are others like that out there, but I just enjoy the atmosphere, like COVID, for instance, Abby, you know, I just, it was the place to come. We all masked up, you know, the, anyone who, Tested positive, was quarantined, so it was a relatively safe environment. But place to go, see the people, just enjoy the camaraderie and talking to athletes about their lives and that particular game or what's coming up. Or I'll go through the training room once or twice a week and see how they're doing with their rehab and stuff. And so and just a pleasant place to be.
0: For sure. Did you start the USF Hall of Fame? Yes. In 1993. How yes. did how did that come about?
1: It just, I became the athletic director in 91, and our president at the time, Tom Johnson, and I were talking about that. And we almost said it at the same time, like when we were conversing, like we need a Hall of Fame, right? Because at that time we had gone through the 80s uh, where there were a number of outstanding female and male athletes, teams that did really well, and it became like critical mass, if you will. We just had to find a way to honor those. In 93, we just uh, did some exploring of other universities, what they did, what their Set up was. And of course, it's, uh, you know, our Hall of Fame bylaws and stuff are a living document, like our constitution. It can be amended at any time. And so we, we drafted a workable kind of group set of bylaws and who would get in. And then we implemented it in that summer.
0: Yeah. And then you yourself were actually inducted yeah. in the year 2000. Yeah. What, I mean, You did so much for the school. Do you know exactly, like, what it was that got you inducted, or is it just your presence?
1: (laughs) Making it through to to, (laughs) 2000. Oh, I just, just, I think, the body of work. uh, That was before I was a golf coach. So, uh, but just, you know, that was um, uh, right at the end of my becoming, excuse me, right at the end of my career, uh, the part of my career that was the athletic director i was athletic director one more year and it's probably just the body of work you know all the jobs and taping a lot of ankles the so <laughs> training and you know doing a lot of laundry when i was equipment manager you know just the the last year i was equipment manager i was I did the equipment for one year while being athletic director. I was a trainer for two years while being athletic director, and I talked to our leadership and just said, "Listen, if we want to move to other levels, we—I just have to be full time."
0: When did we move to Bob Young Field? Because I know that Mm -hmm. football—the football stadium used to be where the Stewart Center is now.
1: Well, we practiced out back here. Uh, on a 60-yard field, but we played at Howard Wood, which is uh, a okay. owned by the school district. So we played out there. <clears throat> and then in uh, 98, we played at O'Gorman's Field. We played there for a couple of years. We were vagabonds. Uh, <laughs> we played in Beresford. We played in Lenox. And then the Dome, we always had... Our conference always had a game in the dome. Sometimes we played twice. But the permanent field was built in 06 as just a practice field. We didn't have a stadium. We didn't have training facilities or anything. It was just literally a wow. uh, 110 yard by 60 foot piece of turf that was striped and all that. And then it was, you know, there was no parking lots or litter. It was just gravel, kind of, and so we practiced out there. And then in '07, the summer late spring and summer of '07, they built a stadium that we sort of know now. There wasn't much for visiting seating, and they moved in the two modular homes for dressing rooms. So <clears throat> it's been a work in progress.
0: Yeah. So, for sure, it's cool that you've been here to see, see all of it.
1: Yeah, that's fun. That was fun to kick off there in 07 as opposed to hauling everything out to this site or that site.
0: So yeah, having your home mm-hmm. field, is it's a different feeling mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would like to touch on that we haven't talked about I've yet? just
1: been grateful. God's been good. I've seen the manifestation of his blessings and work through the university. Uh you know, in probably late 90s, maybe 2000, there was a group that came in to do the view books, you know, the public relations book, everybody has a smiley face, it's blue (laughs) sky, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody eats oatmeal, you know. But we were in a meeting, and he asked, well, what's special, what makes you, the university at the time, unique? And I, my first thought was is we're still open (laughs) and if you look at the history of the university of sioux falls from way back when the baptist ministers met at first baptist and decided to have a baptist college on the prairie this is in the late 1800s and through all those years it's just god's grace and beneficence that's kept us open all these years and some of it's our faculty, a, a large portion. A goodly portion is our students. And, and then uh, we've had success in athletics, which has helped. Certainly had success in uh, the other majors in exercise science, business, natural science platform. Our teaching program is great. Nursing's. So those are the things that make us special, and the people that are inside, you know, are inside that those programs. So
0: that's awesome. I was going to yeah. ask you why you think a student should come here and what makes yeah. it special, but that's that's your answer. Yeah, I think, that's exactly why.
1: I think that's right. I think we have a lot to offer them, and and there's many other fine schools, Abby. You know that. But yes. Yeah. It has to be a good fit, and I think. Like when I was recruiting for golf, as other coaches would attest to, you know, you just find someone that fits. They don't all have to go here, you know, but you're more selective, of course, as a coach to a particular sport or, you know, they have. But as a a student who, but look at the wonderful things we have to offer, drama, music, athletics, uh, theater, uh, I'm sorry, theater, but choir, I mean, and... And so there's a lot to get involved with, campus ministries. Um, so there's a lot to offer, as other schools do too, but we're special, more special than they are. But how about that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so coming up, we actually have mm-hmm. the 11th annual SID shootout on Friday, June 2nd. Can you tell everybody what, what is the SID shootout?
1: Mm-hmm. It's a benefit golf tournament for golf and athletics, uh, it's a great time. Uh, people always have fun. It's a scramble event, which means that there's just one score out of four players, but they take the best best score from or best shot, you know. But it's out at Willow Run, and um, uh, we hope we have great weather. And but it's a fundraising piece of what we do in athletics and for golf and other athletes. So.
0: Yeah, and this being, we've been doing this for over a decade now. Mm -hmm. What do you look forward to most about this tournament every year?
1: Oh, just seeing the people come. You know, I just, a lot of, and again, so many of my friends that I made through these years that we just talked about. So seeing new people come, surprise some years that this group signed up or that I've known, but uh, just so much fun to greet them and then, be on the course with them. You know, I go from hole to hole, and and then we have a meal afterwards. But it's just great atmosphere, and people enjoy it. It's fun. It's golf. It's They have a great time, and, and we can allow them to congregate together as friends, alumni, donors of USF.
0: Awesome. Has it always been at the same golf course?
1: Uh, we've had it at other places, but typically... It's been at Willow Run we've kind of settled there it's a great track people love to play it and but it's been in a couple different places
0: yeah so yeah. it's it's at Willow Run mm-hmm. um, in Sioux Falls South Dakota mm-hmm. Friday June 2nd
1: mm-hmm.
0: how can people sign up do they have uh, to, can they sign up individually or do they have to be teams or
1: they can sign up individually they can sign up as a team you can go to Yusu Falls and just click on the Sid shootout and a, a splash page will come up and then there's three options. Uh whole sponsors one, uh, foursome, single, and they just click on the green green square and then follow that follow that link to
0: Awesome, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, if the pop up doesn't come up, you can go to support the coup right. under that. Right. There's the Sid Shootout tab, mm-hmm. which gives um, mm-hmm. prices, all the information, mm-hmm. times, details, registration, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. Or you stuff. can call me. Or you can <laughs> call Sid right on up directly. Yeah, yeah. Talk to yeah. the man himself.
1: We'll take it from there. So you got awesome. No, it's great. Thanks, Abby. I appreciate it very much. No, thank you so much
0: for coming on. I'm so glad that we could do this.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Cougar Sports Show recorded at the University of Sioux Falls Media Center. You can listen to our show anytime on Spotify with new episodes every Thursday. I'm your host, Abby Whittington, and thanks again for tuning in.